Welcome friends to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. Gifted people in the workspace. Hi, I'm Diane Allen, and I'm here to talk to you today about being a gifted person in the workspace and working with gifted people in the workspace. What I'm noticing a lot in my work and in my own life over the last decades of me working is that gifted people are often misunderstood in the workspace. I think that's why lots of entrepreneurs are gifted, even if they don't use the word gifted and even if they think it's an elitist term, which it is not. So the first step is to realize that the term gifted is not elitist. In fact, living inside our gifted body sometimes is more of a challenge and more difficult than people realize. Just the other day, somebody said, I love your voice, Diane. I love listening to your meditations and hearing you speak. And it just flows so easily. And I laughed and said, thank you. Being in here, though, isn't all that easy sometimes. Being gifted and having overexcitabilities can be a real challenge when you're around lots of other people. Mostly because it's a sensory overload sometimes. Or the social skills of a gifted person are a little bit awkward sometimes or a little bit different than a regular person. And nothing, nobody's right and nobody's wrong. It's about a difference. It's about appreciating the diversity. I've worked in the healthcare industry and different venues for much of my career. And, um, and I help gifted people navigate that. I had a client who um, does a very specialized medical procedure. He does a very specialized thing. Very few people do it. And he's well known. But when he was working in this one hospital, and then with this other um, group, this other treatment group, he got a lot of judgment because he wouldn't sit in the cafeteria or the staff lounge and talk about what sitcoms were on or, or things like that. And they even reported him to the employee assistance program. So he called me um, because that's what I do. I'm a gifted mentor. So he called me and I said, well, let me hear what's going on. We talked about it. I engaged with the people at the facility and started realizing that it was a total misunderstanding. His sense of priority and his sense of focus is just simply different than other people. Transitions are hard for gifted people to go from working really intensely on a medical procedure and then relaxing in the, in the staff room. That's not how most gifted people do it because of the intense focus. He took his job very seriously and he didn't have time in his mind for other things. So was it because he was being antisocial or wrong? No. Were they wrong in thinking there was something that there was something wrong with them and he wouldn't talk to them? Well, they a little bit missed the mark, but they needed to realize a little bit and get some understanding that not everybody processes the world the same way and not everybody does it the same. No two humans. So our brain says everybody does the world the same way we do. The truth is no one does. And the more overexcitabilities you have 
or the more intelligence you have or differences in your brain development you have, the different your world is going to be. So if you're supervising somebody who's really smart and really talented at what they do, and you go to promote them to be a director, or you're engaging with them in a social situation or in a corporate kind of world, like a hospital or a big company, you will see that sometimes there's some awkwardness there. Or sometimes we have to um, really play through what we're going to do and how we're going to do it in order to fit in to the milieu. Because most of us don't fit in very easily to some of the social situations. That's why sometimes gifted people stay on the outskirts or they might want to go to some of the office parties and things like that, but they're not really sure how to do it. In fact, I heard a story from um, somebody I interviewed actually on this podcast um, at another time where he said that, you know, they had this big party for all their staff that were really smart and, and they were so excited to celebrate with the staff. But what happened was everybody just kind of sat around. They didn't look like it was a party, like, you know, yay, right? But then the next day at work, everybody was saying how much fun they had because fun looks different on different people. So when we try to look at somebody else and compare them to our experience, that's not as accurate as it could be. So gifted people in the workspace can get misunderstood and be judged maybe harshly or maybe even lose their jobs because somebody doesn't understand them. So they have to create their own way for survival, I guess, right? And I know I've had to do it. I know I've personally have been judged and I, I know other professionals in, in the arena out here in the, in the helping world that are in, in more of the business corporate side of things who honor that, oh, these people are smart I'm working with, but they don't really honor the fact that it's a different wavelength. There are differences and challenges. Being gifted is not elitist at all. What it means a lot of the times is we have super sensitivities we can see things differently than other people can. We can solve problems sometimes without telling you how we got it solved, but we're right because we can see it. That's a value. That is not a liability. And when it's treated as a liability, then a gifted person will start to retreat and maybe sometimes look angry or sad because why? It's painful to be disregarded. It's painful to not be heard. It's painful to not feel a part of. And so for gifted people, we say, have multiple peer groups so that you can be heard and you can feel connected and people can understand you. They may not understand you in every situation, but they'll at least understand you somewhere, right? I've worked in many places as a director where I wasn't really understood by people there. They knew I was really good at what I did and I heard people saying things about it and I also went through a lot of judgment by people I supervised and by other people, you know, other peers, because they didn't understand me. Now I'm understood, right? And now I really want to educate people to show people that a gifted person in the workspace is not a liability and they can look like that's the case. I look, I worked someplace one time and I was a director and I was hyper-focused. Gifted people can be very hyper-focused. So when I was walking down the hall from my office to another um, setting that I had to go work in, like a, um, where I had to work with my clients, I was focused. What was I focused on? 
I was focused on the highest care of my clients, on delivering the best service I could, on being totally dialed in. Is there anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. But yet, if you were somebody on the outside who would come in and go, just start talking, then I wouldn't hear you. Or I might have a scowl on my face because I'm thinking. And you could misinterpret that as being angry. When I'm not angry at all, I'm thinking. And I've had people say, you're mad at me. I'm like, what? I'm not mad at you. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. Well, you were, you had your face down like that. I said, well, maybe I was thinking and thinking is different than anger. So it's easy to get misinterpreted and it's easy for someone on the outside to misinterpret it. So a healthy alternative would be to use the person's name and get their full attention before you start speaking to them. Because when somebody uses my name and they get my attention, my affect will change because I will not be thinking about that thing anymore. And I will be now directly devoted on my intention on what's being happening, what you're trying to say to me. And you will see that I'm not angry. But if you just start talking, first of all, that, you know, that was an etiquette my mother taught me when I was a child, has nothing to do with giftedness. If you want to engage with somebody, use their name, get their full attention and then speak. And we live in a society right now that is so full of distraction and and multitasking and being on your phone while you're doing this and doing that and blah, blah, blah. We, we live in a society like that that completely disregards the human experience and completely disregards the fact that there's a transition in between one activity to the other. They did research showing that, you know, when you are on your phone at a stoplight, you know, checking Facebook or texting or something when you're not supposed to be, that by the time you put the phone down, when the light turns green, it takes seconds time for your brain to dial back into driving. Even though you're already driving, there is a delay. The brain has, it takes time to transition to the new activity. And for some gifted people, that transition is difficult and sometimes takes a little longer. I know I had a rule when I uh, ran big centers that you don't approach me until I was at my desk or in my office with my purse put away and everything put away and I was working. Don't come to me in the parking lot asking me a question because the answer is going to be no. Don't talk to me in the lobby other than to say good morning. Don't ask me for anything because my brain's not there yet. My brain is entering the building. I'm not in work mode until certain things are there. Once I taught everyone that it was very easy and very respectful. But we need to understand that we as gifted people are required to educate the people around us on how we function and how we operate. And then it's also on the other people to understand that there are certain ways they operate too. And no two people do it the same. It's not about being the same. It's about understanding that the variety and the diversity and the difference is valuable. So instead of looking at people in the workspace as a problem, let's look at their assets. Let's look at maybe somebody's frustrated or angry or upset because they're hurting. Maybe it's because they're not feeling heard. Maybe it's because they're being invalidated unknowingly and or knowingly by others. There are so many factors. And to go to a quick judgment in a work environment and Dismiss the power and greatness of your gifted workers is goofy. It's totally goofy. You know, the things I journal about today show up in 18 months. And I worked at a big facility as a clinical director. And when the owners of the place realized that, 
and I shared that. And they always wanted to know what I was working about so we could plan the company's growth based on things I was getting in my intuition. And in fact, we did that and we became very successful doing that. So there's value underneath some of the static or the social awkwardness or the we think differently. There's value in the fact that somebody sometimes can solve a problem, know the solution and not be able to tell you how they got to it. Why? Because there's a strong intuition and a gifted brain is asymmetrical. It's asynchronous. It does not operate the way other brains do. So we have to accommodate that in the workspace if we want a productive, forward-thinking, really great workspace. That's the way it works. So it means a coming together, a meeting of the minds. So the work I do with mentoring people is helping companies and helping individuals navigate all the eccentricities and differences and ways of functioning. I help. I have a lot of college students I work with and high school students headed to college for the same reason. How to help somebody who can see things differently and have assets that many people don't understand. How can you navigate successfully in the work world or in the university world, right? Because sometimes you might have great asset in one area and great liability in other areas. Sometimes we no human is terrific on every area. So what we learn how to do is have multiple peer groups where we have people in our lives that support us in the areas we're not great at. And we also have people in our lives where we're supporting them in areas they're not so great at. So it all works out. But in the work environment, the, the jumping to the judgment when you have a frustrated, gifted person, that that's a little bit off the mark, I think. I think maybe some questions might be, tell us about your frustration. Let me hear what your experience is. That doesn't mean anybody's right or wrong. It doesn't mean that we stay employed in places we don't feel celebrated. And I say it all the time, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. And if you're in a work environment where everybody's tolerating you and you're finding yourself struggling, be open and curious. Work with somebody who knows about giftedness to expand and see where your rightful place is. I mean, I own my company now because people didn't weren't understanding me when I was trying to help other people in a different way. So now I help people in a way that I know serves them deeply because I know that's one of my gifts, right? Is to be able to listen deeply, to understand on levels most people can't and help navigate a world that's often insensitive. So when you're working in the corporate world or you're helping people in the corporate world, or you say you're coaching people in the corporate world, let's start expanding what we see. And, and releasing judgment and instead using discernment and instead saying, how is it that these different interactions, if there's a rub or a difficulty, where are the assets that are being missed? And the assets that are being missed, that's where the solution is, not focusing on the problems that exist. The problems are an effect of a spent cause. The cause, missing the assets. So. Those are some of my ideas about gifted people in the workspace. And I probably could go on forever because being having been in the corporate environment, mostly in medical situations or, or personal development situations, and now leading my own team, I have a lot of experience in it. And I work with professional people doing that. And 
I see it all the time and I hear it from the helping people. I'm going to help go coach this team and with no awareness of the fact that some of the challenges are because there are some people on that team that have a great awareness that other people can't see. And because it's been squashed over time, there's a rub. So let's not pathologize being gifted. Let's not judge it in a negative way or think that gifted people are elitist because the truth is it's a lot harder. It's harder to socially engage when you're introverted and you're not really sure how to do it. It's more difficult when you see things differently than other people. Sometimes the words are elusive to even how to communicate it. So let's have some compassion for each other. And as gifted people, let's have some compassion for the people who don't really get us. You know, and let's try to use the language that everybody can come together on to serve the greater good in whatever it is we're doing, whatever our company is, whatever our work is, whatever our lives are. So gifted people in the workspace can be a challenge and it's also a great asset. So thank you for listening. I hope something I said has helped you or served you. If you have any questions or there's anything that I can do to serve you or help you or guide you or inspire you, then contact me and I am happy to do whatever I can because I really think it's important that we learn to come together. We learn to be one big great human family, appreciating fully our uniqueness, our diversity, our quirkiness, our geekiness, our creativity, right? Our scientific self, all of us. All aspects of all of us are valuable and worthy. Every human being has come to this world fully equipped to do something magical and amazing. And who are we to judge that? Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.